This one's more of a comment, Doug. This is your speed. I was raised in a broken home. My father was a drunk carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a total tabit joke. <laughs> Welcome back to Switchcast Live. Thank you for joining us. We know that you've missed us the last three weeks. Okay, well, we've missed you. You you may not have missed us at all, but we haven't been here the last two weeks. Uh, but we're happy to be back. I am your host, Doug Tabbitt, and with me tonight is my good friend, John Sable, back for the fourth or fifth time. He was our inaugural guest on the first ever episode. SwitchCast is the automotive-related podcast where we're searching for the truth and the humor in the car industry. That's right. If it ain't true, it better be funny. Uh, Notably missing tonight is Tyler Sanders. He is down with the Rona. Uh, but he'll be back next week, Lord willing. And uh, Ethan, our producer, is picking up the slack, uh, moderating your comments and questions. So if you're watching live anywhere, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, we're debuting live on Instagram tonight as a, a, a soft launch because BoxCast, our sponsor, has now integrated with Instagram. So we're trying that out. So throw your comments and questions for myself or John in there, and Ethan will do his best to uh, get the good ones over. <laughs> my best it, word, yeah. well you know you got to manage all those platforms Key at once. semantics there yes yes I, it's tough i couldn't do that job. there is no try only do right, right. Isn't that what you're right. Supposed okay to say? yoda is that yoda um <laughs> do so or do not th- there, <laughs> yeah, there, there is no try that's a uh that's there's a joke there about Double or easy, whatever. Easy. Tries three. No, oh, not gonna. I, I, I need more gonna time for joke. that. I was about to knock you out. Well, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't reach. Uh, uh, automotive news. We like to cover some some hot topics here, and there have been some really crazy things happening this week um, in the e-commerce space and the EV space. Uh, but we're not really known for breaking news here on SwitchCast, but more for our highly researched and analytical take on what's going on. So, therefore, the news this week, the hot news that Vroom, one of Carvana's competitors and the leading one of the leading uh, players in the automotive e-commerce space, uh, ceased all retail buy-sell operations a couple days ago. That will not be talked about tonight. That'll be covered next week. Uh, as well as Hertz selling off 20,000 EVs from their fleets to go back to uh, internal combustion cars. That won't be talked about tonight. That'll, that'll be next week. As well as the bankrupt Lordstown Motors, which took over the old Chevy Cruise mm-hmm. plant in uh, Lordstown, Ohio. So that is coming back as Land X, but with the same CEO as the bankrupt Lordstown Motors. No conflict of interest there, but we'll also get into that next week, as well as uh, some of Carvana's financials and why it's still, in my opinion, a sham. So all that, a teaser. Um, If you want to stop watching now and just skip to next week, that's that's fine. Yeah, (laughs) but we, we want to do our research, right? We want to be highly informed. Uh, so tonight we're just going to talk about things we've learned from the car market and in the car business this week. We're going to have our usual shrewd negotiator and market update, our question of the week, our wall of shame, and almost all of the segments tonight are personal stories from just experience in the car business. Sometimes we pull stuff from the internet, sometimes from from hot tips from our viewers, but we've had some some fun things come our way just in the normal course of of 
buying and selling cars, and, and that's kind of why we started this podcast. So we'll, we'll have some fun stories tonight for you. Uh, with that, we'll get right into it. Yeah. Johnny, how's it feel to be back? Comfortable. Comfortable. And yeah. you don't have to do a shot of Malort this time at the Never end. Never again. Never again. No. No. That's, Ten- that's history. <laughs> tonight's, uh, tonight's Liquid Courage is brought to us by Wild Turkey. What's the specialty, Dan? Masters Keep One for That's you fancy. bourbon fanatics That's out fancy. there. That's fancy. It's it's a fancy bourbon. Is there a Masters Keep Two? Not yet. Not yet. All right. Well, it's a sequel. It <laughs> um, I learned something about the car business this week. I didn't learn it. It's just it's a strategy we try. So usually when cars aren't selling, you lower the price, right? Not anymore. Not lately. Well, okay. Not not between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty two and a half. But the market is declining again, so like if it doesn't sell, you reduce the price. Sure. Right. Usually. Uh, And, and of course, when you're advertising on a third-party website, you get notifications. Buyers get notifications on a car they're watching if a price has changed. But that, if if the price goes down or up, they get that notification. So we had a 2004 Mazda Miata. Really, really nice car. Um, We had had it for almost 200 days in inventory, which is... Not great. 60 days is our average turn. Senior citizen of inventory. That, <laughs> it was ready for the AARP, <laughs> Automotive Association of Discount Retired People. Discount at Wendy's for breakfast. <laughs> Free sausage. Uh, <laughs> shoot. So I dropped the price like 18 times. Uh, we were like way below book value and it was below our cost. And finally I got frustrated with all the tire kickers, all the inquiries we were getting. And I raised the price like a grand, uh, at the beginning of the year, which we did with a few of our cars. And, uh, sure enough, it sold for asking price within a week of raising the price. Doug would like to apologize to the buyer of that car for his (laughs) business tactic. But sometimes it's all perception. We've done that in the past many times. I get it. If you, if you. Price it too low, people think it's junk. If you price it too high, people like to talk about it. There has right. to be, you know. Yeah. No, sometimes it is perception. Perception is reality in, in the car world. And mm-hmm. sometimes if cars are for sale too long, just by the fact that they haven't sold yet, people assume that there's a bad reason that they haven't sold, and so they don't buy it. So you got to take it off the market for a month and then or put it back on. it's so good that there's something wrong with it. What's wrong with the Carfax? Nothing. What's wrong with the paint? It's original. It's got a full tank of gas. I'm, oh, I don't know. I don't have to walk away from that one. <laughs> what kind of gas? <laughs> so speaking of not selling, wonderful transition to our market update segment. Uh, there's a 2004 Porsche Carrera GT the last month that uh, is a really interesting discussion point. It went unsold on Bring a Trailer. Uh, it's a 3,500-mile car, super low collectible miles but also a Canadian market car and just kind of boring GT silver over black. Uh, it bid to $1.37 million on Bring a Trailer, and then they relisted it on P-Car Market where it got bid to $1.25 million. Neither one sold, which is pretty surprising because a year or so ago, a 2,000, 3,000-mile Carrera GT was about a $2 million car, right? Easy. So not a 50% discount, but about a 40% discount. Now, there's probably a... Can't drive it anyway. 
Well, that that's <laughs> what I was getting to, right? So to tell us about the, the, the stop drive order on the Carrera GTs for, for people who don't know. I don't have all the data, to be honest with you. But tell us what you do know. It's I don't broken. have all of it either. It's broken. It's broken. It's broken from it's the front factory. front uh, ball joint. Yeah, I it's think suspension it is. base could yeah. collapse. It's um, it's a Porsche released uh, for what I what I know is a do not drive order on all Carrera GTs until repair. Right, right. And some insurance companies are refusing to insure them, but not all. So you can. I guess, drive them. It's not like a legal thing. It's not like the NHTSA came out and said these are not street well, they, legal they, they anymore. They didn't zap the card and it won't start. It'll, right. It'll run. They're just suggesting you... Do. They had a rear suspension issue too, if you remember that. Which, oh, side note about your zapping the cars, this is why I think car guys drive old cars. Is because if you own a no Tesla or something like that, they could just zap it and be like, yeah, oh, they can brick it. bricked. Yeah, yeah. Brick it, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I was always curious... Partly because I want a Carrera GT. I'm like, is this going to tank the values? I was kind of hoping it would. It won't. But this might... This It'll slow it down. Th- this car didn't sell. Do you think it's because it's a Canadian market raise, car? Ra- or put because... Put it on your website and raise the price. <laughs> uh, maybe. Well, you can buy it for 1.5. That's that's the buy number on that car. I, I personally don't think the Canadian market thing okay, let's side hurts bar, it Sidebar real quick. In your opinion, why does Canadian, besides, because war, that's an out of warranty vehicle, there's sure. nothing different pretty much besides a kilometer, some gauging differences, things like that. And a sticker on the door. Correct. Why does it hurt value so much? Back to our, uh, what we just said about perception being reality. Right. People but- think that Canadian cars are gray market cars and people think of gray market cars as like the old Rain Man days where they're modifying uh, you know, safety different pieces, different, yeah, and like that. modifying the emission systems, cutting into the cars. A North American, all North American spec cars are exactly the same. Correct. Canada, Puerto Rico, except Mexico, except for the gauge cluster. Uh, uh, U.S. They're all the same. Sure, all the same except for the gauge cluster and a sticker on the door. It used to be one of my favorite hacks. If you want something cheaper, buy it from Canada. Right. Yeah. Um, so, other than a two and a half percent duty when you bring it in. And a bond that you have to get released as soon as they determine it to be like cleared for U.S. safety regulations, which they will, because all you need is a letter from the manufacturer stating that it is a North American spec car. There's really no difference, right? And a gauge cluster can be swapped out for a few grand. But so, to all of our viewers, it is a detraction. The cars are not as good. We're going to buy them all. It is a detraction because <laughs> of the perception. Correct. That's it. That's it. And the pain in the ass of in, of bringing it over. But here. it's not a pain in the butt because it, it's, it's one further step. Sure. It is. It's, you got to pay a duty and you got to do some more paperwork. I'm not saying it would ever deter me from doing it. I'm just saying it is something that it's, one, it's, it's another step or two. It's the unknowns. It's why when you're selling a car, you try to eliminate all the questions. It's like if a car needs 5K in service, somebody will discount it 10 grand. The only frustrating on part the about the Canadian side is like you'll find a car for sale in Canada and then you'll find out it's an ROW car, rest of world, rest of world, because yes. they only have a yep. fifteen year yep. in, fifteen year import with a you know due to R twenty five, right? So I found a nine nine seven RS, and it was not a US VIN car, so there's no chance of getting it. Over right. There. So I want to extrapolate that a little bit because that was like super 
auto business nerd Porsche speak. Sure. Right uh, there. Yeah, my bad. I'm, no, it's fine. That's that's what we do sometimes. But ROW is shorthand for rest of world. It basically means a non-North American spec car. And um, you can't import, with, with certain exceptions, you can't easily import any European or rest of world spec car into the U.S., until 25 years has passed. There's a blanket DOT and EPA exemption for any car after 25 years. Canada has a 15-year exemption. So a lot of people are importing Euro or rest-of-world cars into Canada and then offering them for sale, and people aren't paying attention. They're going, oh, yeah, it's well, it's just a Canadian car, but it's not actually a Canadian car. Remember that orange RS North that American we found that was car. offered? Yeah. And we're like, we need to get that thing. It's a club sport car, and it's it was already in the States. If that thing would have been purchased, we might have had a headache on our hands. Right. Yeah. There's money f- would have changed hands. It's you never know. What you- <laughs> there's a few GT3 RS club sports that are in the U.S. and they only made the club sports for rest of world. So right. there's a few rest of world club sports in the U.S. and the club sport is a lightweight uh, car with a the plastic roll cage, the plastic uh, Lexan rear window and rear seats. side windows, yeah. the uh, Perlon bucket seats. And a few people brought them in and just like accidentally got titles for them, mm-hmm. but never imported them properly under the show and display exemption or any other federalization. So they're just here and have a title. So if they change hands, the next buyer's screwed. And they can crush it. Yeah. From what I know. Yeah, the feds can crush it. So you got to be really, really careful with buying anything not North American spec. But that whole thing that whole uncertainty is why people apply a discount to canadian cars like that entire discussion we just had people get nervous about canadian cars but they're not that canadian cars are north american cars they might smell like maple syrup (laughs) and hockey yeah find ice chunks (laughs) (laughs) cheapers creepers how do we get off on such a tangent all right uh, man, I don't know what to do. We don't have Tyler here to read the commercials. Ah, we do have someone. Uh, we do have Ethan. Yeah, we do have Ethan. Me, yeah. Can you read the Celebrity Machines commercial? Oh gosh, I don't have the copy for. I that. I do. Celebrity Machines <laughs> is a proud sponsor of Switchcast. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen accurate license plates as they appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save 25.39% at checkout. CelebrityMachines.com for all your plate needs. But not your wife's plates needs. They don't make China. (laughs) Um... Speaking of rare Porsches, continuing down the market update track, uh, there is a 129-mile paint-to-sample 993 Turbo that did not sell on Bring a Trailer today for $381,000. I called this one at over 500K. And what was the color? So... (laughs) The paint to sample was silver metallic, well, which is about as lame as you can get for a paint to sample because, like, literally Arctic silver, which is a standard color. Or no, Arctic was later. So, polar silver was a standard color. 
No, it was Arctic Silver. On the Silver, No, Arctic Silver was 996. There was a bait. I think there it was, was Zermatt Silver. There was another Silver. I, I, yeah. Anyway. Hey, go ahead. It it's matter. Silver. It's, it's friggin' Silver. Somebody paid extra for Silver Metallic, but paint to sample is all the rage, and it's a 129-mile, 25-year-old car. So I'm like, all right, this is going to go for half a million. But do I uh, smell a unplugged odometer? Uh, there was allegations of that because somebody was like, oh, I saw this. There's a picture of this car at Target 20 years ago or 15 years ago with 150 miles. With one is Polaroid camera. They run to the yeah. photo mat. And, I, uh, I, do, who drives a 120-mile car to Target? It's a valid question. It's always a valid question. Any old Porsche you should question the mileage. Right. Because they have the plastic odometer gears that break. And all you got to do is, un- yeah. Whatever. Yes. Oh, or, yeah. Or you can literally pull it out with your hands, no tools required, and unplug them just like that. So there was a lot of questions about this car. Besides the fact that it was the dumbest paint to sample color ever, just silver, and it had gray supple leather interior, which Tyler's not here to defend gray <laughs> leather interior. So we're just going to say it's but terrible. It supple. Ah, supple leather, so 90s. Really no notable options. It wasn't very clean. The floor mats were stained, and it had paintwork. So well, you just answer the question paint. why it didn't sell. I wouldn't I'm be saying on that. Why it didn't sell. That's it. And the comments were a dumpster fire because Tires of the whole were bald, target were thing. And no, I mean, not that. But it just it wasn't presented well. And the paint-to-sample premium, I feel like it, it goes with, like, a cool color, not silver. Well, we've seen on a gray. lot of bad. I mean, not bad. Bads are not. I mean, a lot of classy paint to sample colors. Remember that three two Carrera? That was the guy's favorite, like Gucci suit. Oh yeah, yeah. And they had yeah. Gray leather interiors to match the shoes that he had. Yeah, so Armani. Yeah, Armani. Sorry, yes. Get me Armani on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, so... But if you looked at the car, it was like, okay, that has to be a standard palette because it wasn't special. It wasn't didn't look that special. Other than being a metallic color in 1985, which was kind of rare. Sure. Sure. Whatever. But yeah, it, was, it was gray on gray, gray, but gray. the guy matched it to his Armani suit and shoes and nicknamed the car Armani. Pretension. Yeah. <laughs> Leather to sample, exterior to sample, whatever. Yeah. But to that point, right? So paint to sample has gotten out of hand in terms of, like, the, well, you the look bandwagon. At, well, yeah, well, you also look at the spread of standard colors to paint the sample. It used to be you had 25 <clears throat> paint the sample in a certain model. Now it's like 40% of the production in the specialty cars. Yeah. Not the standard cars, but in the specialty cars. On it, well, honestly, there's, there's so many paint to sample cars now that I feel like, at some point, they're going to become worth less. Like there, there's going white to be a devalue. White is rare than a paint to sample. <laughs> right. Like the, the there there will be a uh, we'll get PTS depreciation. PTSD. <laughs> oh, that's that's Whoa. what the owners will have. Dude, that was deep. That's that was good. deep. Yeah. Yeah. PTSD. Because paint to sample is just becoming too common. But there now, you. oh no! So th- now, because paint to sample is so common, they have paint to sample plus. Have you yeah. heard about this? Absolutely. Ferrari's been doing that for years. Right. So paint to sample plus is where you take like a s- custom swatch to Porsche and say, "I'm going to pay even more." So what's a regular paint to sample cost? Like twenty grand? No, it's like fourteen thousand. GT cars are 15, over twenty, 000. I think. No. It's fifteen. Let's just say fifteen thousand. Okay. Roughly about fifteen to twenty-six, based on the research I did today. 
28 paint to sample plus. Okay. Right. So 10 grand premium for paint to sample plus. Right. Right. So paint to sample standard now is is essentially a picking from a color palette of Porsche's past colors. So it's not really paint to sample, it's just I want a color that's not offered and you're paying 15 grand, right? Right. For a color that used to be offered. So now they're offering paint to sample plus, which is an extra 10 grand on top of that. So 20 28,000. 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a color that you bring to them. And I saw this and I'm like, that's the dumbest thing ever. That's what paint to sample actually used to be. That's how it got its name. It used to be special wishes and then it was changed to. Right. right. But if you want to, like, for, that's a page out of Ferrari book. Okay. They've been doing paint to sample plus forever. Like, if you have a 19. 19- 84 308 in Rosso Corsa, and you want your 296 to be the same Rosso Corsa, you got to pay $28,000 for a red car. Right. Because there's like 18 different variants of Rosso Corsa through the years. Right. Rosso like Corsa a, 322. A mid 90s 355 yeah. is different than a newer car versus. You know, yep. Yeah. Because we had a customer who yeah, painted his newer Ferrari to the same Rosso Corsa that was on the F40. 355. It was 355 to match his uh, 488. Okay. I thought it was 488 to match his F40, but whatever. 355 and right. F40 you might right. have had. I, I know that. <laughs> Except right now you're on my left. So. Da ding ding. <laughs> anyway, the point is this whole paint to sample thing has gotten out of hand because they're now charging extra over and above the paint to sample paint to sample it plus colorblind. for <laughs> what paint to sample originally was in the first place, which is just a color. You brought a swatch to them right. and say, I painted my wife's lipstick. And now cause every Porsche guy is it's, it's they're rich Corvette guys. It's why well, I want, I want a bespoke. I want a one of one Porsche. I'm going to a car show of PTS uh. only. Uh, well, PTS yeah. display, PTSD. Well, there is well, again, <laughs> but there there is. What's that? What's that? <laughs> what was that show that they put on? It was something of color, like oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, out out in uh, California. Northern California, yeah, yeah, yeah rare, rare shades. shades. Yes, but there's so many bad Porsche colors through the history. Again, color subjective. I'm very aware of that somebody loves it, somebody doesn't. There's colorblind. There's you know, you see things differently. But like sepia brown. <laughs> like, ugh, somebody just painted See like poop brown. Well, it's more like tailgate day after drinking a ton of beer, <laughs> shit brown. You, you know, <laughs> it's just it's just not good. Somebody just painted their 911 GT3 touring that color. <laughs> People you know got that color, John. You can't. Well, they're not watching the podcast, so it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, again, but it's again, I don't like it. But if they like it, good for them. But it's well, but just people are brown. bragging about it because it's paint to sample and saying like this is so special and so great and so beautiful because I paid color? fifteen or twenty grand extra for it. I think Lee King got a sepia brown paint to sample car. No, he didn't. That was bronze metallic. That was okay. a good color. Better color. Better. There's metallic brown. brown. I could do it. That that like flat like the mud brown or whatever. No, that's a good color too. Yeah. Again, if you have that color, I apologize, but I don't, but I don't like it. Get the color because you like the color, not because you're trying to buy exclusivity. I think that's a <laughs> Don't finance extra money because of a color. <laughs> <laughs> and Can't. don't get it because you think you're going to get more on resale. 
That's the that's the worst. I'm like, gonna get painted like people call us and what color or what option should I get for the next guy? Right. For resale. Uh, yeah. White. I don't like those phone calls. Black, silver. Nobody hates it, but nobody loves it. It's yeah. okay. Except for maybe me. Captain Boring. <laughs> All right. So oh. um, before we beat this horse completely unalived. Oh, wait. We're not on TikTok anymore. Unalived? So, uh, okay. Yeah, that was TikTok. Before we beat yeah, this dead horse. Thing. So one final note on the, the PTS paint to sample craze. It is, It has gone so nuts that a paint to sample color card set from Porsche... Right, like that's right. The color card says yeah. the thing that you would take home for Swatches. free at Home Depot to decide if you want Martha Stewart or Sherwin Williams colors. Right? Yeah. It sold recently on P Car Market for six hundred fifty dollars. I am so hey. excited because I have one of those, and it's definitely not <laughs> worth more than six hundred dollars to me. Did you get it for free? Yeah. <laughs> when I was when I was ordering a car, they're like, "Here you go." <laughs> Pick a color, and I picked white. <laughs> it's insane. What are you going to do with that? Like, is that a party trick? Bring it out and be like, look at these colors. No, it sits on my desk and I look, desk and I look smart. Well, but the guy who paid 650 bucks for it. Well, uh, I, no comment. Staying away from that one. That's a, that's a lot of money for paint swatches. Uh, crazy. I mean, I, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope <laughs> you look at those colors every night. And you sleep tight. Uh, dreaming uh, about like tangerine and signal orange and crap. That's... When you're in the car, all you can see is the color of the mirrors. Like, you know, it's. <laughs> you guys want to, we got a super chat here. All right. Yes. Uh, this, this one comes from. Uh, Are they fan... asking us to stop talking? <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, from Fanfic Rocks. Uh, good day from Australia. Uh, what... Good day, mate. What yeah. was his name? He smokes rocks. Fanfic rocks. We oh. don't know anything about Holden's. Next question. He says, what would you say is the biggest bullshit car in the world? Mm. Bullshit car. Define bullshit. I, I know what he means. It's like the, the, the paint to sample thing of, of like. No, I'm he's going for a model. Okay. Like, so what car is the biggest like BS or like poser car, right? Tesla Model 3. That's a, that's a valid answer. I think it's whatever Tesla that has the gullwing doors on that's it. That's the Model X. X. Okay. X. That you can control with a remote and it'll like talk to you and do the lights and stuff. I feel like that's the biggest <laughs> BS car. I like that answer. People love them. I mean, there's, there's definitely following for it, but, but I'm trying to think of something a little bit. That modern. was the one that there was, there was some older lady that Brickland? brought it to every Cars and Coffee. The Tesla Model X, and she up. would show They're off the remote in. thing with the, the. She would make the car dance, yeah, but then yeah, it yeah. almost ran over somebody, and she couldn't stop it. And she's doing like the you know the typical old lady you're like oh, press, just stabbing at her phone. That's pretty like, fantastic. Please stop. That's rough. And it literally almost ran somebody over. I uh, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, like the, it plays like Trans Siberian Orchestra. Yeah, like the windows the music. roll. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I yep. knew a guy who had one, and he would like make it fart, and he thought it was like the coolest thing. Ever. That's like, pretty funny. It like a fart button. That's pretty phone. funny. Yeah, well, Honda Civics will fart every time you let off the gas. So is Naturally. that is that the biggest the BS car the biggest I, BS or car? Is I think Tesla it probably model? is. I mean, I mean, you're saving the world while driving an electric car, and yeah. you're putting on a show that everybody enjoys. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like bullshit. To me. Also, the, <laughs> also the new Lamborghini Countach. 
the I, I two and a half million dollar rebody Lamborghini I Aventador. I disagree. I disagree. I've been around it, and it oh, is... we have to go to a commercial. Look at that. I'm oh, out. Man. I'm out. I'm out. That is. I, I will disagree with that car. When Just that kidding. Car, I want to hear when, your when that car was released. I was 100 percent in your court. The second I got close to one, I was like, they actually did justice on that car, and it's beautiful. Like it, it's the way they did the interior, the exterior. If you get within ten feet of that car, you'll, your your opinion will change. I like it, but for ten x the price of the car that there's your exclusivity that's... thing. You can't get it anyway, even if you but had that's the money. Why it's you a can't BS it. car no, because no, it's no. purely exclusivity. Well, is that's that every hyper car is that right now? No, I want them to be fundamentally good. Also, it is fundamentally good. It's a V twelve. I mean, they didn't lose the motor. At least it does have like a. a Curse system or something in it, but it does have it does have a V12 in it. it I don't know. I don't. It's basically the Revelto. It was the future driveline, from what I know. But whatever. I liked it. I liked it. I'll go All on record right. with that. Cool. We got to, the uh, CN on there. Cyan or just whatever the hell. <laughs> We we got well in, in, Instagram Instagram I gotta I gotta shout them out because this is our inaugural night on Instagram if you're joining us there so welcome IG uh, exactly. where is the Instagram yeah. phone by the way like where, where, where do I look courtesy, courtesy of Boxcast our sponsor oh it just goes right it goes, there yeah we only have to look one place well no I will say though now uh, it, this is this is not a Boxcast thing it would never be a sponsor thing but this is an Instagram thing they uh, they don't they they don't crop the video that well because you know so they take like a right you know because Filming landscape exactly, for so they're cropping it. So if you're wondering, gotcha. like we, we do know how to frame a video. They're like staring at like half of each of you guys right now because mm. it's going right down the middle. But anyway, they uh, uh, tainted forerunner on Instagram says that's good. They say uh, uh, Maseratis uh, deserve a mention for for BS or cars. They're just bad. Period. Uh, modern <laughs> ones are I mean, yeah, they're rough. <laughs> I it's mean, like a step up from the Nissan Altima. I have a couple clients in, that have the Levante that really, really like it. I mean, I, Maserati. Sure. <laughs> I, MC, <laughs> MC20, you can get $40,000 discount on it now because they can't move it. And they, it was just pricey. I, okay. I would drive an MC20. Yeah, you would. That's a beautiful car. It is a beautiful car. But there, you can walk into a dealership right now and buy one at a discount. Right. But Which, I wouldn't when they because I still lose my shirt when I left. <laughs> well, I think the what do they call the drop top version of that? Spider? No, it's not their name. Whatever doesn't matter. But it was like three hundred and sixty thousand. The example I saw. <laughs> That's shark infested waters. If you if you hand somebody three hundred fifty thousand dollars cash, that wouldn't be not be on my yeah. short list. A lot of paint to sample options. Uh, <laughs> you can get paint to sample plus with that. Boxcast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched Boxcast back in 2013 with one purpose to make people part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, Boxcast is an easy, flexible live streaming platform for organizations. Boxcast is so easy, we're broadcasting this show with a phone, and it's going straight to Facebook, Instagram now, 
and YouTube. Head over to switchcars.com slash boxcast for your free trial. That is switchcars.com slash boxcast. All right, uh, moving on to some of the uh, special segments of the night uh, that you've all looked forward to. I'm sorry, Hank is not with us tonight. We will not be uh, 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 graced with the presence of the Corvette curmudgeon, but um, that you should be back next week. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, again, if you're watching with us live, throw your questions and comments in, and Ethan will relay the best ones or the highest paying ones to us. Uh, you can also, if you're listening to the audio podcast later on, you can submit those via switchcast.live. We always prioritize questions that come through our website, and you can catch up on old episodes on switchcast.live and also find out where the best place is to download the audio podcast. And speaking of the audio podcast, if you guys like this show, please rate us, give us a five-star review, share it. Um, anything you can do that will help with those algorithms because that is partially how we grow. It's not just you guys listening, but also, also telling the telling the bots that you listen and enjoy the show. Uh, if you don't like the show, um, just put it on repeat in, in your cousin's Spotify or something like that. Don't leave us a bad review. Just, just stop listening. So, um, yeah. So let's see. The Wall of Shame tonight. Can we go back to one thing real quick? Yes, we can. All right, paint a sample plus. Okay. So then what are chroma flare cars? Is that paint a sample plus plus? Oh, chroma flare is just awesome. It's 90s goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Violet chroma chroma flare was a standard color on the Millennium Edition 911. Not what I'm talking about. What chroma flare are you talking about? Remember that? The color shift stuff? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that the word chroma flare is still in that color. Okay. It was free on the millennial edi- Millennium Edition. Was that, that, you know, that highest price GT2 RS ever, like $700,000? Yeah. That was that bamboo chroma flare. Yeah. Yeah. Mysticrome. Well, I mean, that, that was, yeah. What, Mystic Ford Cobra? started it. Mystic yeah. Cobra? 95? That was, that's still a dream car for me. Uh, Wall of Shame tonight is uh, customers that deserve to get Google reviews. Uh, <laughs> dealers always get them, but we never get to give them back to customers. So somebody inquired on our Austin Healey, which is priced at forty-four grand, and uh, he inquired, I think, through Facebook, and said, "Is this a scam?" And we said, "Nope." He said, "Why is it fifty grand below value? Like this has to be a scam." We're like, "No, it's not a scam. Like we're a legit dealer." He said, well, give me your phone number so I know it's not a scam. So he did actually call us, and he was all bent out of shape that we were so far underpriced, like literally half of his So he wasn't the buyer, he was the price critic? Well, but usually price critics tell us we're overpriced. But he thought we were so far underpriced that it was a scam. So we said, well, you can buy it. He goes, well, yeah. ah, finance rates are killer. <laughs> all right. I'm like, all right, well, finance a Healy, right? If it's fifty grand underpriced, you could doesn't you can matter. Offer the 144 rate. months, <laughs> it could be a hundred percent financing. You sell it in a week, so yeah, everybody's got an opinion. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> Scaminator. Uh, 
usually <laughs> started off pretty good. Yeah, usually we talk about uh, uh, possible tricks and scams and, and, and detecting scams from people on the internet, but this is a we're going a little different tack this week. This one is more of like spotting tricks by dealers, not outright scams, but kind of like the white lies of the car business. Uh, and this was a, a personal story of ours as well. Uh, there was a 9,000-mile Jaguar XK8 that got offered to us, and we really wanted it, made the deal, and then our guys went and looked at it and said, nope, we're passing because the underside was crusty. Not just like a little bit of pitting. Like, it was it was pretty bad. Like, this car had seen a bunch of Ohio winters, um, and, and especially for a 9,000-mile car. I mean, if it had 50K, wouldn't have been that bad, but 9,000 miles, no way. A few days later, it shows up for sale online at a different dealer locally, claiming to be perfect, never driven in inclement weather. You sent me a picture of that. I, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah. And they were even pointing, like, please see our underside photo so you can see how clean this is. And my guys found the listing. They're like, this is the same car. This is the same car. I'm like, there's no possible way it's the same car. That car was parked outside next to a salt yeah, truck. Yeah, it looked like the bottom was covered in weedies. Yeah. And so we looked at the underside shots. We checked the VIN. It was the same car. The underside shots, they had friggin' like chassis black the underside and covered up all of the rust. It looked brand new. Like three days later. They're restoration experts. No. <laughs> it's friggin' spray paint experts. Shady, shady crap. And it ticks me off because like they probably made five grand on that car because they spray painted the underside and buyer beware yeah uh, yeah yeah so tick me off more that we didn't get the car because i was really looking forward to having a nine thousand mile collectible xk8 but mm -hmm. whatever but it, it ticks me off more when when we pass on profit because we want to be like somewhat ethical and decent people. You don't, no, you don't. You're not mad about that. You have to pass on that. Yeah, but I'm mad that, that somebody else takes it. And, and instead of saying, yeah. oh, no, this car isn't worth X wholesale, we're going to pay less. No, 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 we'll pay that. And we'll just cover up the flaws. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's used car sales in general. Yeah, but thing to look out for. Sorry. Just because you have underside photos doesn't, mean, doesn't mean it's good. Hire an inspection. Go, go there with a friggin', you know, the uh, putty knife or something and scrape the underside. <laughs> or just look. <laughs> or just look. <laughs> yeah. The Shrew Negotiator brought to you unofficially by Vin Wiki, and they may not admit that they sponsors this segment, but um, uh, we got not one this week, but two. Uh, so I'm on the hunt for 79 to 81 Trans Am for reasons that won't be disclosed, but if you have a decent one, hit me up. Uh, my number one rule is no rust. Mark Spence, dear friend of SwitchCast, found one for me that appeared nice, but upon closer inspection had some rust holes in the frame. Rust <laughs> holes in the frame? Right. Yeah, rust holes. Uh, He's like, oh, it's no big winter. deal. I'm like, Mark, I told you, no rust. Uh, despite that fact, in the, the seller's description on eBay, the seller led with, like, right in the description, quote, unquote, price is firm, cheapskates. <laughs> well, that's, that's at, least he's, at least he's forward. That's one way to negotiate or that, not negotiate. That's just how he knows he's going to get some low offers. Yeah, because of the freaking hole in the frame. Hole in the frame. That's just old fashioned lightning. That's just <laughs> faster. It gets faster with the more holes. Oh, gosh. Um, 
our second one is this is a, this is an interesting one. It's a uh, 2014 Audi R8 V10. I think our our, our friend Dom Marconi submitted this one. The the description in the for sale ad was that it's a clean title, but it was bought back by Audi. So essentially manufacturer buyback or lemon, which sometimes will brand the title and sometimes won't. It was it was also totaled by insurance. So total loss damage. <laughs> it had damage front and rear, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. And underneath and all of that. So it's mint. <laughs> um Carfax says otherwise, though, as it was branded a lemon. So uh, often if you have a lemon car and you turn it back in, they will brand the title. Um, we dealt with that in the GT3s and 14. Also. Yeah, so, uh, right, the, yeah. the engine replacement yeah. cars. Um, but it appears that the current title is indeed clean. But it was branded in Michigan, went to Iowa, then to Illinois. Did it go then to Florida? Illinois. No, in Illinois, it had a correction to record and magically was a clean title. But then it went mm. back to Michigan and somehow the Lemon brand didn't follow it. So I don't know what they're doing up there. Not paying attention. They got washing machines for cars. But usually you don't bring it back to the same state in which it was branded. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's a different car. Like, I, Ohio's system smarter than that. Don't buy that car. Right. Uh, so I did find pictures of this car. And it definitely, the, the description said it just hit a curb. And yes, it definitely hit it, a curb. But I think it ate it for lunch. Um, the front and rear bumper were kind of like ripped off. And then the front left wheel was straight, but the right wheel was like cocked slightly, which is never a good sign. Positive camber? <laughs> no, positive toe. <laughs> toe. Oh, I, I see. What you're <laughs> like, so, uh, yeah, I, the underside is going to be kind of scary on that thing. But no, it's, it's a clean title. It's a clean title. Total loss insurance, lemon car, but, but a clean title. That's, that's the But how cheap thing. is it? <laughs> I, you can't pay too much for I, the right I, car, too I, little for the wrong car. Hundred percent. But I was just curious what they're asking. I for this think thing. it was like eighty grand. All right, well, dreamer. <sighs> Yikes! Paying for a lot of words on that uh, Carfax report. <laughs> <laughs> pay by the word, you're getting a deal. Yeah. So I, th this one is good. So we haven't done the appraiser segment this year, um, which was me and Tyler guessing values of cars on online auctions. But I, I feel like I had to bring it back for this one because we got sent a Corvette for sale and it came with a certified appraisal. And uh, I sent this one to Sabo earlier today. I'm, I'm curious to hear his thoughts on this because Sabo, correct me if I'm wrong, you do appraisals for people, right? I sure do, but I did not read it. Awesome. Are you <laughs> certified? Yes. By whom? You, myself, <laughs> my clients, my insurance companies, I guess. They don't kick them out. All right. So uh, I did you... take a class a long time ago. Okay. But it, it has. It Are has... you certified by the state of Ohio? I have a driver's license. Okay. Right. Well, that's not a thing. Ohio right. doesn't. There's no say, state do regulations on appraisers. Um, so, but you've... You just ruined my whole company. What? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> but, you, okay, you've done appraisals for insurance companies. They've taken them, right? Absolutely. Have your appraisals ended up in court? Nope. No? Have you done them for any legal, like, law firms or anything? 
Yes. Estates. Yep. Yes. Have they held up? Yes. So they have been theoretically in court. Yeah, I guess so. And they've held up. Yes. But you don't have a stamp. You're not certified. You're not like. Just 25 years of experience. Tw- all right. Good enough. Good enough. So the the way I'm getting it, where I'm going with that is most automotive appraisers, there's no like state licensing or state regulations in any state to the best of my knowledge. Um, there are some online companies that like certify appraisers and I guess at least to do um, donations to get the IRS requires like a, a certain type of certification. But other than that, like, again, I've done appraisals. I've done them for insurance companies. I've done them for uh, estates. I've done them for divorces. And they've all held up. Nobody's ever said, oh, I, I need some special stamp on it. Because it's all just third-party companies certifying these things. There's no government organization or whatever. But anyway, this this Jerry Martell certified appraisers thing came across my desk for 1977 Corvette. And this guy... He's got a laundry list of certifications and stuff. Um, He has an associate who has a Massachusetts license number, something or other for I don't know what. He's the Bureau of Certified Auto Appraisers, International Society of Appraisers, Society of Automotive Engineers, International Automobile Appraisers Association, member of the Rolls-Royce Owners Club, Ferrari Owners Club, SCCA, NADA advisory SCCA. board member, Rick Boscarden member, BCAA. I don't even know what that is. Ray Booth, Massachusetts license, veteran motor car of America, antique automobile club of America, classic car club of America. Is he just a member or? I, I think he's just a member of a lot of these things, but they're all on his resume. So this is a 1977 Chevrolet Corvette. I know this well. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is the appraisal. It, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun one. Uh, this 1977 Corvette is in ingre- investment grade condition. Uh, all Corvette models have collector appeal with straight restored examples escalating in value through the years. Do all Corvette models have collector appeal? I don't know. This is the most collected car in the U.S., right? Uh, this is his. This is his appraisal. The repaint of several years ago still has show quality luster. It currently has high-cost aftermarket wheels with the correct radials mounted. This is truly a beautiful car. Dude's already fired. So, I'm sorry. I I know we can't show pictures on this thing. The high-cost aftermarket wheels were awful, like, 90s bling three-spoke chrome wheels. Well, They were, like, 20-inch wheels on a 77 Corvette. They're awful. Bling, bling. They they are friggin', like, O'Reilly special. Were they primes? I don't know. People over the age of 40 will understand what I'm saying. I feel like you would see this on a Dodge Avenger from 1998. But this guy put him on 77 Corvette. Anyway, high cost aftermarket wheels. Uh, Mechanics. The 350 V8 has had over 10 grand spent on it. It's in great running condition. Anything needed is always done. I feel like it's not fair. (laughs) It's not fair for an appraiser to say that. Um, let's see here. Well, here's he keeps the, going. To the appraisal thing real quick. When you do appraisals, it's not, again, value is also what somebody's willing to pay for something is always the value, right? But value, when you write appraisals, you're also just trying to write for insurance companies replacement value. If the car is stolen, totaled, or destroyed, and you want another car, 
you need a value that will get you another. Correct. To the same thing. So that's what appraisals are usually. But people autom- take those and think correct. they're. But I mean, this guy sends this to my insurance person. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, we right. need a well, new one. You're letting facts get in the way of me yeah, making fun of this Sorry. guy. Interior. The perfect <laughs> black leather interior is in show condition. Hold on. I, I need to go back. Perfect black show leather what? Show in who? show condition. The, the car has 86,000 miles on it. Sounds like a winner, man. No 77 Corvette with 86,000 miles has perfect black leather interior. And it's probably not even leather. Right? What's, What's that, that dude's name? The Corvette guy? Hank? Hank would dig that. Oh, man. This is Hank all day. The upgraded sound system is of high quality, of course. Why of course? This is, this is where he really loses me. Both of these phrases. All in all, this is one of the nicest I've had the privilege to appraise. It's a Corvette that will prove to be an excellent long-term investment. So that's bad enough that I have no comment. I'm done. Like that, you didn't just. I have comment. That's not an appraisal. That's a. That's an opinionated review of his car. I feel like this guy, like the owner of the Corvette, wrote the description, and then the appraisal guy stamped it. That's what this feels like to me. Because it's all yeah. subjective. When I write my appraisals, they're 98% objective. That's like a 1995 auto trader ad. Yeah. So bad. But th- then, like, so that's why I read off the list of this guy's credentials at the beginning. Because I'm like, this is Did terrible. Did you Google any of them just to this, see if they're this real? This was like the entire Besides appraisal. CCA? Mine are like two pages long. You'd fall asleep reading them on here. There are many thousands of dollars spent in upgrades. Market value. All early Corvettes are appreciating in value the early part of the 21st century. I wish, because I got a couple for sale. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, the, the the investment thing lost me, too. But here's... here's Okay. So I want to... 1977 Corvette. Yeah. With an upgraded sound system, which is a detraction on value. We know that. Three-spoke, chromey, like... 19-inch wheels. Was it a manual transmission? Was it L48? Was it L88? 80, he didn't say any of those things. I'm saying, but those are, those are your, there you go. No, I know. None of the pertinent details. We just know it's a 77 Corvette with a 350 V8, 86,000 miles red with janky wheels and a big stereo. Give me your number. Five grand. You're a little light. I think 10 retail. <laughs> You ready? Not with those wheels. You ready? You ready for his number? <laughs> what, 38 grand? 41.5. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what that guy's going to do? He's going to write to his insurance because he's going to drive that thing right in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this guy was trying to use his appraisal to trade it in. Well, he should, he should call his insurance company and go to Lake Erie. In my professional opinion, as a certified collector car appraiser with over 43 years' experience, the current market value of this 1977 Corvette T-top with capitalized ultra-low mileage. 86,000 is not ultra-low mileage. This guy, oh, man, Jerry Martell, certified appraisers. Jerry, you the man. <laughs> oh, my God. You the man, Jerry. That is. I want to see what his car looks like. Unequivocally the worst appraisal oh. wow. I've ever seen. <laughs> it's even got the chrome door guards. How do you get that on a fiberglass door? 
I want to show you because it's that bad. <laughs> oh my goodness! Jerry, I'll post Jerry it on my. Up. I'll post it on my Instagram story for you guys watching. Yeah, you should. Jerry rolls up in like a 1995 Buick Regal with rust holes in the quarter panels. <laughs> He's like, "This thing's mint." <laughs> it's appraised at 25 grand. <laughs> oh man! It's matching numbers though. You didn't even say that. <laughs> Nothing. There's no details that matter to the value because, yeah. Now, in order to re- reproduce something that bad, it might take 40 grand. <laughs> oh, man. Those are wheels you would see in the hood. That's a car you would see in the hood. That's almost like a Corvette donk. <laughs> it is. That's not, even, that's not red. That's your color. That's, that's like burgundy. Maroon. I know. It I does know. have the alarm system. It didn't even say if it was a... Uh, you said this. It didn't say what transmission it was. Automatic. It didn't say, it. Yeah. It's terrible. Terrible appraisal. Way to go, Jerry. <laughs> Way to go, Jerry. Jerry of the day. Oh, man. Uh, we have another super chat. Okay. This, one, this one's from uh, Jeremiah Johnson here. What's the closest call you've had with maintenance? Example, you're changing your timing belt and find it was ready to snap. Uh, I drive a Porsche 997 in the winter that burns oil, so... I'm having a close call every day. <laughs> oh, do I have one? Yeah. No, I take good care of my cars. Shut up. <laughs> oh, that <answer. laughs> doesn't mean anything. The that actual answer. closest call was we had a Ferrari 355 that's supposed to have the timing belts change every three years. And uh, a, a lot of people say it's not the timing belts. It's the tensioners that'll <clears throat> actually fail. And at two and a half years, we changed it because we were reselling the car. And it's like, well, you just have to do it to sell it. And one of the tensioner bearings was like on its way out when we changed the belt at two and a half years. So that was... I mean, I've seen a lot of close close calls. calls. I mean, I've experienced some close calls, that's for sure. When I was 17, 18, I bought a winter beater Honda CRX. And here you go, buyer beware. Bought it from somebody I actually know. And I go, is it rusty? He goes, no rust on this car. I'm like, I'll just take it. It was like $2,000. I took a loan out to get it. I needed to get closer to the mic, I guess. <laughs> and, I guess. And, it's uh, like in your nose. And, and I had this car for like six months. And on my drive home, I could kick my foot through the floor pan. It was that rusty. Ugh. And I, 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 was, I already bought it, signed the loan documents, had to deal with it. And then I part, I was working on somebody's car. I left that in the street, came back, and there was a note on my windshield saying, sorry, I hit your car. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, whatever. And a, a week later, the frame snapped. I'm driving down the road, and the car went like crab walk. And I was like, oh, that's... Because when the lady hit it, the thing was so rusty that the frame had... It just snapped it, so I didn't hit anything. I got home. I taught everybody I know how to drive stick on that car in my parents' <laughs> development. <laughs> and then I took the motor out of it, put a cinder block under the hood, and sold to a junkyard. There you go. $200 later. Well, it is that time of the night for the props and flops of the week. The props and flops are brought to you by Switch Cars. Switch Cars is the enthusiast dealership where we buy, sell, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves, unless you pay us enough money. Check out our hand-picked inventory at switchcars.com. The pick of the week from Switch Cars inventory is... 1974 BMW 2002 TII in Inca orange with some very nice 
upgrades, modifications, uh, repaint in the original color about 10 years ago, and a complete engine rebuild at the same time. That car is on Bring a Trailer this week, and um, I will provide the link to our producer, which I forgot to do, so he can link it in the show notes if you would like to check it out. You can also follow that link from switchcars.com. Our flop of the week, picking up on transport sagas, which I know a lot of you loved that episode a while back, uh, we got a call from a company this week who wanted to take a load for switch cars. We specifically state on the load board when we post cars, must have 500,000 plus cargo insurance and 100% feedback, which eliminates a lot of the garbage phone calls from companies that are terrible. However, this particular company either didn't read or just figured they'd try anyway, because uh, they called us, wanted to take the low. But when we searched their feedback, one of the most recent reviews of their company stated the following, quote, driver didn't have correct docs. And then he got mad when asked and tried to reload my car. We had to call the police. And then, uh, not surprisingly, in the system for this company, they have Rappaport LLC 1 and Rappaport LLC 2. Mm. Yeah, that's always a big red flag. You get too many negative feedbacks or insurance claims or whatever. These companies just shut down and (laughs) start a new company to start from scratch. So, uh, yeah, probably Rappaport LLC 3 coming very soon. Yeah, coming your way. <laughs> coming to a parking lot near you to load your vehicle. Now, there's a number at the end of your transport company. I think twice. Mm. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, the prop of the week. Speaking of BMW 2002s, there's a great article by Sean Keeley on BMW blog about a 1970 BMW 2002 that... Uh, remained with its original owner nearly its entire life. Uh, The kids, and I believe also the grandkids, all learned to drive stick shift on it. They took many family road trips together, uh, and the owner racked up 897,000 miles. Just two engine rebuilds uh, in that period, not too shabby, about 300K each. Um, and uh, I guess they pulled it out of storage recently after the owner passed away and his kids Mm. inherited it and, uh, basically did a minor service, a tune up and it runs beautifully, has great leak down and compression and they are continuing, uh, that legacy of that car. So, and of course it's Southern California owned or Northern California. So there's no rust. So that car will go pretty much forever if it doesn't see salt. Um, so a really, really uh, kind of feel-good story there. Um, the, the link to that uh, article is in the show notes. So go ahead and, and check that article out. It'll make you feel real good. So um, anyway, uh, if you'd like to stick around for live Q&A afterwards for our uh, YouTube and Instagram viewers, um, stick around. We'll have what we call Tip Talk uh, for the rest of you listening to the recorded show. That will wrap it up. Thank you to my co-host, John Sabo. Thank you to our sponsors, BoxCast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, Parallel Printworks, and Stephen Home Ward Working. Special thanks to our producer, Ethan Huffnagel. <laughs> Ethan. 
Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream the full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available next Monday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. as we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life. <laughs>